What is sparity when it comes to My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? Well, sparity, for those that don't know about it here on the podcast uh, format, is short for Spike and Rarity. Spike the Dragon and Rarity the Unicorn. And I'm kind of surprised, maybe I just haven't been paying attention, that any MLP podcast across the board on places like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm, and various places where you're listening to this at, I'm kind of, and maybe those podcasts as well that are connected to Friendship is Magic, My Little Pony, I'm kind of surprised, and again, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I haven't been paying attention to those, that none of them have ever brought up the topic of spike in rarity, sparity. Now, for those of you that know what I'm talking about, and those of you that follow my YouTube channel at BW Rosas, as well as a variety of others, you know that spike in sparity, spike in rarity, has been going on since the beginning. Now, of course, myself, I really wasn't into the show that much until later on, until around 2015, 2016, and as early as late 2014, that I started to get into the show and started to see and understand why fans, even adult fans like me, were kind of into it and were enjoying it. And one of the reasons that got me into the show was Spike and Rarity's relationship. Not just Princess Luna, who really brought a lot of fans in, in because of what they saw with the character, more along, more along the lines of her, at times, emo, if not rebellious-like attitude, and, you know, dark, you know, dark tone at times, but with a good heart. But the other one was Spike and Rarity, especially for me. Because I saw something there that a lot of us could relate to, especially if you're a guy, wanting to win the, girl, wanting to win the heart of the girl of your dreams. I mean, long story short, this all began in the very first episode, when Spike and Twilight are going all across Ponyville, meeting up with the main, the rest of the main six, or main seven, um, at that time, because they're assigned, basically by Celestia, or at least Twilight is, to go and make friends with these Pacific ponies. And that's what she does. So they go from pony to pony, and once they reach rarity for Spike, it's love at first sight. Because you would think that if they wanted to, the creators, mostly Law and Faust, could have had him fall for someone like Applejack, or someone like Rainbow, or even Pinky, or Fluttershy, but they didn't. Instead, they had him fall for Rarity. Why? Because she was the femme fatale of the group. And as people like MLP-Silverquill has mentioned in some of the videos, especially his Radiant Rarity video, Silverquill basically touched upon, and others have touched upon this, that Rarity is the only one, majority-wise, out of the main seven, or the main six when it comes to ponies, ponies, to show any kind of interest in romance, and wanting to have that happily ever after. You know, wanting to have that knight in shining armor, that Prince Charming come to her rescue. And yet, what a lot of fans that support Spike and Rarity seem to point out, including me, and obviously the creators of the show kind of help uh, Rarity herself, especially in later seasons, kind of see it or acknowledge it in her own way, that the knight in shining armor, that Prince Charming she's been waiting for, has been there the whole time in the former Spike. Now, there's a lot of fans that 
you know, there are now there are a lot of fans, I should say, that really support this pairing. As a matter of fact, if you go to DeviantArt, you will see a lot of pictures and discussions about Sparity, about Spike and Rarity, and the relationship and how fans support it. Now, it's not just DeviantArt either. You go to places like YouTube, and you will see the same result there with various. You know, videos showcasing moments between the two, like this one person that has two separate videos that showcases various moments from the first, like, seven seasons or so, or first eight seasons um, of the show. So, there's that. And then, on top of that, you have so many uh, PMVs, not just, like, which are PMVs, which is short for Pony Music Videos, um, you know, not just from me, but from a lot of people that support it. You have a variety of PMVs, even more than I could have expected. And the fact of the matter is, it just shows you that when you get down to it, and even, even when you go to conventions like BabsCon and BroniCon when it was around, you know, TrotCon, HarmonyCon, Everfree Northwest, you name it, there's no doubt a lot of supporters for Spike and Rarity, and that is a fact. And I think that's a fact that basically the creators do acknowledge, they allude to. I mean, Lauren Faust, when she first came up with the idea of Spike falling for Rarity, was basically for him to be our personal point of view of how beautiful and gorgeous this pony was. She had no idea, and I'm totally honest in my opinion on this, I don't think she had any idea it was going to, you know, go as far as it did. I mean, as far as she was concerned, the following season, which she did help on, season two, you know, Secret of My Excess would have been basically the culmination of this relationship where Spike admits his feelings for Rarity, his crush to her as the falling through the sky, and she basically kind of hushes him with her hoof before he's able to finish, and with tears smiling and tears in her eyes as they're falling, she acknowledges that she knows. And I think the reason she has tears in her eyes is because Spike is the first creature ever, pony or non-pony, to show any interest in her, if not develop feelings for her, and she's touched by that. Now, fans have gone on ever since that moment to where they feel that Rarity has taken advantage of that, and that's why they never really supported it. But the counter-argument to that, ladies and gentlemen, is who's to say Rarity took advantage? Who's to say Spike didn't just do it himself willingly? Because, honestly, he did. I mean, let's take a look at, what is it, uh, Simple Ways. Let's take a look at the episode Simple Ways. Um, Rarity is trying to win the heart of Tenderhoof, this new character that comes into town. However, Tenderhoof ends up doing a spike when he sees Applejack for the first time, and it's love at first sight for him. So Rarity does whatever she can to win his heart. And Spike, being loyal to Rarity, being close to Rarity, caring for Rarity more than I think he cares for you know even himself, or more so than just as a regular friend, is willing to put his feelings for Rarity aside to help her out. He's willing to put his, his feelings, his love for Rarity aside so she can win the heart of Tenderhoof because that's how much she means to him. And 
And here's the thing. Spike didn't have to do that. I mean, when Rarity's basically in an emotional cry, says that Spike doesn't understand where she's coming from, Spike's look, as he kind of breaks the fourth wall, looking at the camera like, uh, yeah, who, who, does she think she's not, who, does she, who does she think she's saying that to? Like, yeah, uh, are you kidding me kind of deal. But, again, even with that breaking the fourth wall look, he's willing to put his feelings for her aside to help her, to make her happy. So he's willing. So the counter argument is, you know, to fans saying she manipulates him using his crush against him, you know, crush for her against him, his feelings for her against him, or to make him do what she wants. The counter argument is he does it willingly. He does it without her do, saying anything, without her, you know, using her charms or anything to get him to do these things. I mean, the only time fans might point that out as being kind of true is when she kind of had to sweet-talk him into distracting Twilight in Castle Sweet Castle. And that was it. Because he was not willing to leave to have to distract a person that, uh, distract someone, as we find out later on, is his big sister. It's like his, it's basically his big sister. You know, he's not willing to do that, and Rarity has to sweet-talk him into doing it. Now, despite that one moment... You know, and people could say, well, she had no choice. She had to get him out of there somehow so they could surprise, so they could set things up to surprise Twilight. The point, the fact of the matter is, every, every, other, every other time, Spike has been willing to help her, and that's been the counter-argument fans would have to those that feel Rarity was just using his feelings to manipulate him to do what she wanted, but the counter-argument is he was willing to do it himself. Now, the other argument fans would have about Spike and Rarity possibly being an item is Spike's too young. He's a baby dragon. And this is all because in the earlier seasons, mostly around the first season or so, characters like Twilight and Fluttershy would acknowledge him as such. And that's fine. It's because of his size. But as time has gone on, and even some people that have done videos on this to kind of argue or look at the facts have acknowledged that as time has gone on Spike has shown a lot more maturity for his age as well as not for his age but for his size and they've used this you know kind of discussion by looking at the various sizes of dragons and how they come to be and sometimes dragons could be mindless as they got bigger and greedier and some could mature but they just grow in size they know how to balance out the greed and the maturity, like they know how to have a balance of it. Stuff like that. The point is, people have argued that just because Spike is small doesn't mean he's not a full-grown dragon. Heck, someone could use the character Smolder that debuts in Season 8 as a good example. Like, she's not a big dragon either. And neither is Ember, who debuts in Season 6. You know, she's not a big dragon. You know, they're pretty small. You know, not a small spike, but they're basically pretty small in general. So for them, so for a lot of fans, they can argue the fact that, you know, they might be older too, and one of them just might be the Dragon Lord because Spike, who originally won the contest to become Dragon Lord and got in the season six episode Gauntlet of Fire, is, you know, relatively small herself. You know, people use that argument to basically say, hey, Spike's just small for his size. 
And this one video that I talked about in my live topics basically said the same thing. Basically said the same thing. In fact, the person that did this video a year ago looked at it, looked at spike and rarity happening by viewing the ages of all the characters and the events associated with them throughout the series and the timeline within the continuity of the series. And basically, he averaged out the spike right now at the end of the series is was, even as a small dragon, before he basically had a growth spurt or had basically a, you know, yeah, a growth spurt basically stretched out, even at his small size, was between 18 to 20. Basically legally aged to be with someone like Rarity, who's probably about four or five years older. And I say... And I think he brings this up because of the fact that when you look at things from a reality standpoint, there's a lot of couples that go together and get together and end up together for, for the rest of their lives where one is older than the other. Heck, I used to go to high school and some of the couples that were together were four years apart. Yeah, senior dating a freshman kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, point is people would use that argument but as time has gone on, people would counter-argue that by saying Spike is acting a lot more mature for someone that's very small for his age. That's very, acting very adult-like, if not mature-like, for someone that's supposed to be young. And he's not. Alright, as a matter of fact, he's actually a decent age uh, for someone like, let's say, for someone to be with someone like, you know, to be with someone like Rarity. And he shows this uh, throughout. You know, he shows this, you know, throughout uh, the series, especially later on. You know, he shows this, um, let's say, he shows this basically when, you know, when he finally gets Rarity, you know, for, as, a heart, as her secret center, basically gets her as a heart's woman helper. And basic, hold on for a sec. Sorry about that, but like I said, people will point out he shows various signs of maturity. Like when he become when he finally gets Rarity's uh, cutie mark or name, if you will, in a kind of fast talk, which, because, you know, he's a dragon, fast talk, trade, whatever, with Fluttershy, at first he doesn't know what to get her. He's happy to get her, but he doesn't know what to get her. So he has to come up with various ideas, like, okay, what do I get her? Then he makes the decision, you know what, it's better to give something from the heart that's, you know, you could create, or it's better, you know, to give something that you could create because it's from the heart. And in the end, what he ends up giving her is a song. And as I pointed out in various YouTube videos talking about Spike and Rarity and Romance and MLP, there's various times that basically, well, not various times, but when you, what I'm trying to say, and I'm just watching around here right now because I'm doing this while I'm waiting for my bus, uh, but there's various times, I should say, that, you know, one could look at the song, at least Spike's portion of the True Gift of Giving song, and look at his portion as being done in a romantic song, in a romantic love song-like ballad to Rarity. 
individuals in the episode or in that scene kind of represent that. You know, her having stars slash sparks in her eyes, a la Lady and the Tramp and the classic Lady and the Tramp from Walt Disney. You know, to the fact that, you know, the way he closes out his portion of it, it's like, come on, you'd think those two were going to kiss right then and there on the lips. And yeah, she does kiss him on the cheek. And one thing that one of the fans, his name is Miss Anthropony, or a.k.a. Map, one of the things that Map even talks about, and even Golden Fox talks about this when they review the episode, is that even though they're not too particularly fond of the Spike rarity deal, that at least they can respect the fact that Spike has matured to the point that not only does he get treated as an equal and as a full-grown adult, if you will, despite his size, that this time around when she kisses him, he doesn't like fall backwards and you have these little heart emojis or symbols coming out, uh, you know, coming, you know, flying up above him and everything and him saying he's never going to wash his cheek again and like he did back in season two. Instead, you have a maturity exception of he's blushing and everything because she kissed him. And some have kind of stated, even I have stated, that this is kind of like a semi-official way of putting the two together. And you look at the clues and everything, especially like, let's say, in the final season, like with an episode like, you know, there's a, in the first 30 seconds of Between Dark and Dawn, which was the season nine mid-season finale, in her concern for Spike, like when he got caught up in this tree being eaten by this giant tortoise. Or the way she reacted in Dragon Dropped, and Spike being wanting to be around Gabby the Griffin more than her. You know, even Thespio, who did um, a, a kind of a collab review series throughout the final season, where he and Voice of Reason would review each episode, Thespio, a.k.a. Dal Walsonator, uh, would end up, ended up saying that basically the way Rarity felt about Spike being with Gabby was she felt like Spike was cheating on her. Basically, she felt like her boyfriend, in his eyes, was cheating on her with another girl. And, you know, despite what people may think about the relationship, it's pretty much, in that episode, Dragon Dropped, it's heavenly implied that Rarity is realizing that she has something special in Spike. And it's not just, oh, someone is willing to help her out, out and spend time with her, but someone that truly cares about her more than just as a friend, and now she's starting to see that herself. I mean, heck, the final moment we get in this episode is Spike going back to Rarity, kind of saying that he and Gabby had a good time, had a great time doing, you know, Gabby's, you know, route, her male route, but that he'll always want his, but he'll always want his Rarity time, and he's holding her hoof in his hand. And another thing people have to catch is the fact that <laughs> Rarity has this, like, nervous, like, kind of semi-jealous smile or grin on her face when, he's t- when Spike's telling her about the great time he had with Gabby doing her mail route. But then, but then kind of like a more sincere smile when he says, I'll always want my Rarity up time. And, of course, you add in what Pinky says at the end, going like, oh, so that's how it goes. Kind of in, Kind of a Pinky kind of way kind of do in kind of a pinkish kind of way kind of like oh kind of doing the oh I see how it goes now I see what's going on I mean just the way she says it you kind of get the idea that they were implying like oh I see what's going on between you two but it's done in a pinky kind of way 
Right, that closes the episode out on a kind of a humorous uh, nod. And then for the rest of the season, especially in the finale or the ending of the end, two-parter, you kind of see them working together and defending each other. And it's just... And then, last, and then in the last problem, which was the final episode period, you kind of have moments in there, especially in the closing song, where basically it's like there's an indication that these two are maybe somewhat together. I mean, one, plus, one person points out that Rarity says as soon as she arrives after Pinky to the, council of, to the monthly Council of Friendship deal, that she would have been there sooner, but you have no idea how busy it is in Yakistan. In other words, they're taking that one line where she says, honestly, I would have been here sooner, and kind of looking at it like, yeah, it was busy in Yakistan, but what, it's, what some people are implying is that she would have been there sooner, maybe with Spike, had she not had to stay behind to take care of some final details in Yakistan. Overall, the general feeling is, guys, before I close this out, because my bus is going to be arriving in just a little bit, the overall feeling is that Spike and Rarity Sparity is something that no one thought would really become what it is. You know, become a crucial part, if not a substantial fan-favorite part of the franchise, but yet it did. And the comic, by IDW Comics, even alluded to that, especially in the closing moments of the Nightmare Rarity arc that they did in the earlier issues when the comic began, to even the recent holiday annual issue they did for 2019. A lot of people acknowledge that these two, a lot of people from fans and creators of all kinds, the creators of the comic and the show, they acknowledge that there's something there between Spike and Rarity that's more than friendship, but because I think they already had a lot of romance in the show as it is, they left it up to the fans to imply what comes next, you know, afterwards. And I think that's great. So... I mean, that's all I'm going to say, guys. My bus is here. But I just thought to give you a little indication on this, on these various podcast channels, with my podcast here, what Sparity of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, is all about. <laughs>